0: And welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. I am your summertime host. My name
1: is Chris summertime Chafin. Summertime host. I'm your summertime host, Caleb Shively. I didn't know what to say. That's such a perfect phrase, summertime host.
0: <laughs> summertime and the hosting's easy. Am I right, Caleb? <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's just very hot. It's all I could think about. I'm sweltering to death. It's New York City. It's like it's supposed to be 98 degrees on Monday. Did you know that? Oh, like my favorite band. It's supposed to be 98 degrees on Monday.
1: Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be my favorite band on uh, the next day, too. It's going to be the B-52s. That makes sense.
0: Oh, no. What <laughs> catastrophic weather that is. Um, so every week on Actually Best Choice Movies, we tell you about two movies. Uh, one of them is old. One of them is new. And they're related in some way, like... You know, uh,
1: violent society, I, I don't
0: know.
1: Okay, I was going to say the yolk of an egg and the white outer part of an that's egg. That's true, that's true, yeah. Uh, violent I've society t- is more apt, though.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to make it somehow about the movies, you okay, know. Okay, that's,
1: that's the world we live in. Twenty. If you see if you see this on your podcast you're listening to, uh, 2020, that's a very violent world we live
0: in. Caleb, would you say that this is a most violent year?
1: Oh, uh, take that, uh, Jay Chandor movie. This 2020 has outdone your Jessica Chastain uh, Oscar Isaac vehicle that I really enjoy and asked Meredith once if I w- should be Oscar Isaac from The Most Violent Year for Halloween. And she said, no one would know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, what would that costume be? Like a suit and an overcoat? Is that a what? You-
1: overcoat. Nice suit. Nice overcoat. Slicked back hair. Beautiful hair. And then just he has like a, a nice little like super trim beard. It just looked, it would look really cool. It looked like, a. I mean,
0: the thing is you have to get just Meredith to dress like Jessica Chastain. And I don't know what the odds of that are. Yeah, that's
1: very low.
0: Um, So the movies we're going to be talking to you about this week uh, are uh, this year's young Ahmed by the Dardan brothers and uh, 2010s Four lions directed by Chris Morris. It's his directorial debut. Uh, We're going to be talking about them a bunch, so I'm not going to talk about them anymore right now. Uh, That's all this week on actually best choice. movies,
1: movies.
0: Uh, But before we get to any of that, we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, both of these films are about terrorism and extremism and being radicalized and a little bit about the history and the other examples of this in, in, in film.
1: Right, Caleb? Uh, Yes, I would like to point out before we get started that this young Ahmed is uh, from their uh, Belgian directors they are uh, from the European school and uh, Four Lions also European, uh, made in England, uh, Christopher Morris. Uh, So that just like goes to show and they're like more humanistic approaches just to look at the terrorists as actual people. And that just kind of points out to me uh, that Hollywood, uh, how Hollywood in general depoliticizes terrorism. uh, They make it seem more. Like a pathological problem, or simply as means to a crime, in most uh, Hollywood films, you're thinking of like every villain in like '90s movies. I don't know. I'm thinking of like Die Hard and True Lies. The the, the bad guys in True Lies was called Crimson G- Jihad, if I remember correctly. Uh, that yeah, that's a movie.
0: Where like um, the Soviet Union didn't exist anymore, so the bad guys became the terrorists. You know, this happened like basically exactly in 1990,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, once we started invading uh, Middle Eastern countries, that's what became the bad guys in Hollywood. <laughs> like, I mean, there was like Black Sunday, which was about crashing the blimp into the Super Bowl. That those were, uh, I think, Palestinian. He's a German Palestinian terrorist, if I remember correctly. But uh, uh, villainized. Like they don't show much, other than that they're evil, and they make it more good versus evil, and that does two things: it makes you know us think that oh these people are bad, and also makes it legitimizes militarization in response to terroristic crimes, which is a whole nother uh, nutshell to crack. Uh, it's the I don't uh, I guess the term I could use is uh, false. It's a false conscience. It, uh, we don't better understand terrorism, the terrorism in regards to actual cause and intentions. And I think the two movies we do actually looks at like I mean, a hundred percent looks at the thought processes of individuals who would do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you're totally right. Like so many movies the terrorists are just the bad guys and you know, that that's it. their role is to just show up with guns and be super evil. I actually recently watched this (laughs) Sylvester Stallone movie from like 1982 or 1980, 1981 called Nighthawk.
1: One man can bring the world to its knees. And only one man can stop him.
0: Universal Pictures presents Sylvester Stallone in Nighthawks coming in April. It's this weird movie where it's like kind of like a 70s style, like a little bit complicated and dark movie. Sylvester Stallone, he has a beard and long hair, which is very unsettling to look at. And uh, anyway, the bad guys are terrorists and and Rucker Hauer actually is like the main bad terrorist. And he's just supposed to be like the world's most evil person. You know what I mean? He just in every situation he does whatever the most evil thing to do would be, you know, but he's like also brilliant. Yeah. So that was terrorism for a long time. And that sort of comes out of the tradition of of the 70s, even where it was like people like Carlos the Jackal who are doing like bank robberies and plane hijackings and, you know it's this whole other thing. Right. And then sort of segues into like middle Eastern terrorism. Like you're talking about, like, like a lot of nineties movies. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And then, but I, I, these two movies I, you put alongside movies that are, that try to sort of understand the mind of someone who is, uh, you know, a quote unquote terrorist, because obviously like, you know, obviously there are some people that are purely terrorists, but there are lots of people that are sort of on the border. It reminds me of this great miniseries Carlos. Like if you've seen that, it's you know, obviously it shows him to be sort of a fraud and a and a bad, obviously a bad person. He murdered a lot of people, but it does kind of complicate him and it, it makes some of his motivations seem uh, good. You know, it's this mini, French miniseries starring starring Edgar Ramirez, um, but
1: it was directed by Olivia Sias that miniseries as well.
0: Exactly. And they've kind of cut it down into a movie version. The movie is yeah, not as yeah. good. It, it's like a six or eight hour miniseries. And then there's like a two hour
1: movie. Yeah, I've only seen the uh, miniseries. I'm just remembering this now. Uh, I forgot it was. a. I completely forgot it was a miniseries. It was like one of the early oh, things I that was on better.
0: streaming Netflix, I think. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's why it I really watched it. Thing,
0: yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch of movies going back a very long time, actually, that try to complicate this and try to understand why. And these are both movies that are trying to understand why someone would be a terrorist or be an extremist, or even you can even say movies about murderers. Like why would Mm -hmm. someone be a murderer? It's just trying to understand the mindset of someone who does something that society says is evil. And that's kind of one of the primary things that film does. And, you know, that that's a, but specifically if you're talking about terrorism, you can go back to like, you know, the Battle of Algiers is a really early example. People talk about, you know, that's a French film and it's it's, it's actually made like, the, you know, it's based on a real rebellion that happened in, in Algeria where a bunch of, you know, freedom fighters or terrorists murdered a bunch of French soldiers or, you know, fought bravely against occupiers. And they actually went and got members of the Algerian resistance who took them to the actual places, these things that happened And that's where they shot it. And that's sort of like the gold standard of like these people you they're definitely doing things that are wrong and you see them kill civilians and stuff. But at the same time, it's like you understand what is going on. You understand why they're doing what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and you are rooting for them actually really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other ones like first reformed from last. Was that only last year? Jesus Christ.
1: I think it was 18. I hope it was Was it 18.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hope it was. It seems like really old at this point, but like that's <laughs> someone, I mean, Ethan Hawke's character, depending on how you interpret the ending ends up like, killing himself or blowing up a church or something. And it's like the whole you, the whole movie is about making you understand why he would do it, you know, and, and you do at the end, you know, and I, and I think um, another movie actually that young Ahmed really reminded me of is this is England, which is a great movie from the like late two thousands. And it's about a young kid that joins the like skinhead movement in England. These like terrible racists that like beat up immigrants and people of color. And, it's based on a true story by the the author is the little kid. And it's like, you do understand why he would join this group of people. And it's like, it's because, you know, it shows you how he doesn't have any community and nobody gives a shit about him. And he finds this group of people that do give a shit about him, but to be a part of the group, he has to do these things he doesn't really want to do. But then as he keeps doing them and he gets more approval, it's like he enjoys doing it. And then he just kind of starts enjoying to do it, you know? Um, So I think that's like a great movie along these, these lines. Um, but both of these movies are kind of trying to get at this, right?
1: Yes. Um, and speaking to, I haven't seen, uh, this is England, but I didn't even think of First Reform, which is a great call. Uh, and then obviously, uh, quick, just quickly on Battle Algiers, which is, I think it also, in how it broke down its approach to terrorism, uh, it also looked at the effectiveness of uh, terrorism too, which is uh, really cool. And I've uh, read that uh, I always thought this was interesting. Battle of Algiers was shown to uh, not only like the IRA, like they watched it as like, oh, this is like a training uh, but also the Black Panthers as well. Uh, just a way to like organize it. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting, which is cool. It's a really amazing film. It's on a, a Criterion, is that how I watched it? Uh, I was like, what is this movie? And, um, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean, and it's one we, of the
0: absolute classics like, yeah. of, you know, of that period of cinema and of like understanding a rebellion. And, yeah. you know, yeah. a very early movie about where your sympathies are not with the white people. Your sympathies are with the people of color, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but to like relate back to these two movies, I, 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 I'm not going to speak for Chris here, but we don't condone buzzword uh, <laughs> extremism. <laughs> I don't I like that it. you
0: said you didn't speak for me like as if maybe I do condone it. Like,
1: <laughs> I'll just have a little laugh, Chris does not i've i've known him for uh about don't speak
0: for me five. you don't know you don't know what i think okay,
1: <laughs> okay. we're we're now on a watch list uh <laughs> we were always were on a watch list. a listen list i mean a list in.
0: a list in. Uh, yes yeah. that's that's a good point yeah, to stop the conversation unless you have something else no
1: <laughs> no um, no, um just, uh, i'll just say one more thing we can get into it um but the way like film in general works is how uh we depict people and how it affects how we treat people and how we treat like a person suspected of terrorism. Uh that as it applies to the year twenty twenty, that can tip into a kind of uh mania, fundamentalist mania that a patriotism, if you will, uh as well. Uh so it's always good to think about how people think is what you can get from these movies is how I wanted to also introduce it in a roundabout. It's always I
0: mean. good to think about how people think. Yes, I totally agree, Caleb. <laughs> and I do think that is in a certain way, one of the goals of film is to help you think yeah. about how people think. Yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. And these two films yeah. do a great job. All right. uh, first, what first, what we're going to talk about, if, you, if you'll allow me to introduce, is young Ahmed.
0: Ahmed? Ahmed!
1: Why tu you la there? Il y a un mois, t'étais tout le temps à jouer à la PlayStation avec Karim.
0: T'as enlevé tous les posters de ta chambre. Tu serais d'accord qu'on discute du Coran une fois par semaine tous les deux
1: Je peux pas lire le Coran avec une femme. Premiering at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival and released in February 2020 in these United States, uh, the Darden brothers' *Young Ahmed* has just made its exclusive streaming debut on the Criterion Channel this month. Uh, for those not familiar with the brothers Jean-Pierre and Luc, They shoot their films using handheld camera work, diegetic sound, uh, and natural light to create a realism. Young Ahmed is no exception. Uh, The plot concerns a young Muslim boy under the influence of an extremist imam uh, who's planning for a jihad. So that realistic approach they take allows for a lot of tension to build up, as well as a very accurate depiction of the angst uh, within the daily life of a young 13-year-old boy. Uh, he fights with his concerned non-fanatic m- fanatic mom uh, he's also very inspired by his cousin who was a mar- who martyred himself they all at all ends believable uh credence in their like realistic approach but the film is really emboldened mostly from uh, the plot between ahmed and his teacher who has a very more lax approach to the quran than Ahmed uh, So not give way too much of the film ahmed takes his devotion and turns it into action and ends up in juvenile hall for much, juvenile detention, excuse me, for much of the film's second half. So it's more, is Ahmed being uh, remorseful, or is he too far gone? That is a question the film tries to answer. Uh, The brothers won Best Director at Cannes for the film to add to their two previous Palme d'Ors, a Grand Prix, three special jury mentions, and a screenplay award. Though the film did not leave Cannes without controversy, as this was their... First film with a non-Belgian French cast, but still the film is very much a part of the brothers' career of dramatizing an ethical crisis within a social and marginalized group. Uh, Here, though, in Young Ahmed, that empathy from the previous films that they've had is harder to come by. That could be by the design of looking at a terrorist in training or just the lack of directorial execution within that design. (laughs) Uh, Chris... How did you feel about young Ahmed?
0: Well, Caleb, you know, it's a very complicated film, right? So I agree with everything you said. Um, it's an interesting... I mean, I think one. I think the strengths of this movie are that it is very humanistic. I would say the performances are great. I particularly liked the performance of the young actor that plays Ahmed, who is sure. maybe 13, 14, something like that. He you're supposed to understand that no one around him is religious really. And he's chosen to take on being super religious on his own. And I think they do a good job of portraying the kind of kid who would do that. Like he's yeah, very yeah. awkward. He's kind of pudgy and fey. I would say are the he's two like things a about
1: him. over. He doesn't dress cool. He's always long sleeve, weird, weird kid jeans that, you don't know how to pick out jeans yet and just get the cheap jeans your mom's buy. Yeah.
0: He doesn't seem to know how to like interact with anybody. There's a couple of times where you see him with other people, his own age, and they're Mm -hmm. even like devout Muslims and they're like having fun and talking to each other. And he's like, shut up. I'm trying to do my studying. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Uh, okay, whatever, you know, like just, it's cool. Like we also go to the radical madrasa, like just, you know, it's going to be fine. And he was like, no. So like that was, you know, I, I honestly really enjoyed all of that stuff. And I thought it was well directed, you know, and obviously it's in French and in, and in Arabic and I don't speak either of those languages. Really, you know, I mean, so like I'm but you know, we, from what I could tell, it seemed like the acting was was very, very good. You know, everybody seemed to be really feeling the the things that were going on. And and I thought all that was great. And I can see why it deserves the directing awards and nominations that it's that it's gotten. Um, one thing I thought was interesting and you were talking about this before. Um, th- so technically this is a Belgian movie. Um, it, I know it was nominated for best foreign film at, at this, at the Césars in last year, which yeah, I thought was okay. really interesting because I was mm-hmm. like, why is not this a French movie? But like, yeah, right? you know, technically it's Belgian. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. I, I didn't, you would never know in a million years as a, an American person watching this movie. You just, it seems French. <laughs> are, are the Dardenne brothers Belgian? Like are it's all Belgian, their movies yeah.
1: Belgian? All, all, all their movies are Belgian. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh,
0: but, like, where I had an issue with this film is that, um, you know, I, the Francophone world has a problem with Muslim people, I would say. And uh, I, there's a lot of racism and uh, there's a lot of, like, prejudice against, you know, Middle Eastern people and African people and uh, Muslims particularly. And I, it's a very bad problem. There's been lots of movies about this, right? About how the the Muslim population of Paris has to live in the 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 banlieues, that are like these outer suburb, these outer like ghettos, basically. And there's no opportunities for them. There are all these crazy riots from a few years ago, and you know, obviously the the attacks on Charlie Hebdo were terrible, and I, I don't condone them, no. but they were they were intentionally trying to provoke Muslim people because they think their religion is stupid, and they think all the people that believe in it are idiots. And, um, you know, I, I think that's born a little bit out of this, like, you know, tradition, this kind of ag- aggressively like dickish, like reason tradition, this kind of like flying spaghetti monster attitude that a lot of French people have towards any religious person. So I think that it's when they run into someone like a devout Muslim, it's like way, way heightened. Like they think that like, you know, what a fucking idiot you are to believe in number one, God. And number two, this crazy religion that makes you do all these things. Sure. And like, I just think so much of this movie comes from that point of view. I think so much of the way it depicts like all the things that Ahmed does and even Ahmed's whole arc. I think it it comes from a place of like profound disrespect for the, the central character and this religion and this whole part of the world. And it really kind of put me off, honestly, like, you know, uh,
1: it's, that's my, that was my biggest question throughout this film. And that is a question of perspective and narrative perspective is, are we supposed to not like understand him? I get it that like killer, like that that stereotype of like cold and removed. Th- uh, but you just like really it's and this movie is all about him learning that stuff. Or like see, we're seeing his actions, but we never get a hold of like the process of thinking about yeah. those actions, the uh, inner conflict. Yeah, I of don't those. feel
0: like we get inside his head it,
1: enough. I and feel like and it's not clear if we're now. like yeah, we're not. It's not clear if like oh that's the way. I don't. I wasn't just not clear like oh are they doing that on purpose? Like that was like they. Very conscious of them, or like, because it, it is in the movie, like the other characters cannot also see within his man. Maybe our perspective is from the people surrounding him, the teacher, right, and like yeah. he went to a farm, like the, there's a girl who likes him. Like, are we supposed to like see them how, 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 because he's like, like we say, like he's like a, a, a nice kid and enough, like he's a 13, like you're not going to judge a 13 year old boy too much. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. Um, he's but like he's a complete like, fucking right, right? lunatic who doesn't know anything about the portrait, world, uh, like every 13-year-old boy. Yeah, you know. sent to a detention center uh, because of a, a very bad incident that he should 100% get sent to a detention center for. And there's like, what they're so good at is, for one, that scene, that incident, they actually show the incident. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it is less like, uh like oh this is fucking happening like I, i'm seeing and then there's a part at the very end of the movie which you can get to in a sec but they're really like oh is it gonna happen again and that also right. just like that's the hallmark of the, of the i would 100 recommend these the, the best directors just so fucking good i listed all their uh can wins uh, but what they always do is they build their they build up to an ending like that they always uh have a climax that's full of like grace or like a, a more of a fabulistic interpretation which is like very hard to do for how simple mm. their movies are. And All yeah, Young gets there too in a very hastily written way. It To me, it felt, and this is from my Dardine ends out here, come at me if you want to. Uh, it felt like the Dardeen brothers doing the Dardeen brothers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, we get what we are. We could just easily end this movie here because we're masters of uh, how to just make a good movie and i didn't love the ending and uh i i love the dardee brothers i would say this is my least favorite dardee brother movie because i couldn't understand the perspective yeah uh, i mean, didn't like it the, like you're saying it's well fucking done and all this stuff but
0: yeah well, i mean not just talking about you were brought up the detention center a little bit so yeah the whole second half of the movie basically ahmed is in this detention center mm-hmm. and um this is another thing i mean it in a way it reminded me of um never rarely sometimes always because i would say the staff of the detention center and so basically this kid is in jail he's in french or belgian jail right for a very very serious crime every single person in this facility is nothing but respectful yeah. and polite and trusting mm-hmm. of him nobody says a single bad word to him or even like tells him like to stop doing something <laughs> like you know and it's mm-hmm. it, it, it was yeah. it was in the way that in the way that never really sometimes always is like it wants you to appreciate the things that Planned Parenthood does. So when they get to Planned Parenthood, it's like everyone there is a saint basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like in this movie, it's like the representatives of the European state are so like understanding and respectful. And, and it's still these dirty Muslims are trying to do evil stuff. It was like, I, that whole thing really put me off too, because I was like, "You're not gonna tell me that like no one at this fucking facility would have had like a would have at least would have been like rude to him at least, even in I a minor way, you know."
1: It is putting off, uh, but it, well, I would like to point out it's not just like the social workers do it, but what his victim is as much as he could is like pretty like patient and nice with him too. And I think it's always they did that to always bring up the aspect of like, at least they were like, he always let him pray. They always like, will say like, Oh, it's time to pray. They would remind him to pray or like, uh, they respected his religion enough. They would, ablations was a, they, 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 respected it. They gave him that space and understood it was a belief. So I, I oh. think in that, in like his, like his beliefs are extremist. I think that was just more to like contrast it with uh, a patience in a way where right. uh, a behavioral way of acting, rather than, just blatant anti puzzle. <laughs>
0: but I do think there's a, there, I do think there's a part to it that's like, I know. I kept thinking of Taken. I talk about this a lot, but like Taken is essentially like a, a French screed against Muslim immigrants to France, right?
1: Are they Muslim? Are they Muslim? In...
0: Well, there's like a whole. Like, I mean, it's not. Have I seen I, Taken.
1: I don't know if I've seen Taken. There's a
0: towards the end of Taken, like maybe two thirds of the way through, there's a scene where Liam Neeson is on the phone, and of course Liam Neeson is American and he's in France just chasing these bad guys. But actually, sure. Taken is written by Luc Besson, and it's it, it's 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 a French movie. It's about well, that I, issue I, I, I
1: know Taken. It's the uh, uh, Give me back my daughter movie. I've, yeah, I've, my daughter. Right,
0: exactly. I think but
1: he, uh, he's made Taken two, and then he made about six other variations of this movie. <laughs> I, th- I think
0: he's, I think Luke Wilson stopped being involved as like a writer, like pretty quickly, but like taken w- he did. Right. And I forget if he directed it or not, but, um, there's a speech that Liam Neeson gives where he says like, you come here and you take advantage uh-huh. of our freedoms and you hate us and you want to destroy us. And like, you know, I think there was a way that played whenever that movie came out. I don't know. What was it like 2006 or 2008 where like, you know, it seems kind of American, but to me, that's like extremely French, like French people just fucking hate immigrants like they really do, like white French people. They really don't get it. They they don't understand why they won't assimilate and they, they think it shows some kind of ignorance and they like they think that it's like people like me are just too afraid to say the truth that they'll say, you know, but it's like, it's puts me off so much. It's from such a racist perspective. And I think that that perspective is so common over there. Like not just in France, but in, in Europe in general. Yeah. I kept thinking of that during this movie too, during this, these scenes in the, the detention center. Cause it's like, you're seeing what you're seeing is like the state trying to like, you know, reform this person and treat them with respect. And, and what you're seeing is the person acting in ways that are deceitful and hurtful and, you know, uh, pathological and i didn't feel like i didn't feel inside of his perspective i didn't feel like i got yeah i i mm-hmm. didn't feel like uh, i was i was young ahmed i felt like young ahmed was like an object lesson in how you shouldn't act you know what i mean
1: yeah it's that, that yeah that weird fabulisticness to it do, do i feel like do i should i feel bad right now or is feeling or is this a means or is my remorse a, a, as means to something else in order to extract my extremist beliefs yeah i don't know it's they're filmmakers maybe they they, they raise questions and maybe it's uh, our jobs to uh, to take them in uh I, the dark i love that this movie started uh like all their movies this is another uh hallmark of the great dardine brothers they all all movies start in progress uh in media ray um mm-hmm. uh like we don't see how he became radicalized at such a young age there's like hints of it uh like they say that his father passed away, and his brothers, also his older brothers, also in it. He has a martyred cousin, so it's like all this, uh, you know, how young men, and that, and that's a, a, a true fact of the world is that a lot of these extremist beliefs, not just uh, uh, in Muslim, yeah, especially here currently in the country I live in, in, the United States, it's they target young morons, sorry, or young people who. Uh, not to say that these people are mourned but people who are going through an emotional crisis like for young Ahmed, that he has lost a father at a young age so they target the the, the extreme groups target these young men the, the angry young men and that's the, those are at the most vulnerable in the round they're 13. so that's what this movie is about uh <laughs> uh it's still a very suspenseful movie but dardines uh, i think a lot of people have described their style the visual style as very unsentimental uh, like, they do, like, get to the characters in a lot of other movies. I love Kid with a Bike. Uh, shout out La Permise. But here, the unsentimentalist just applies to... I mean, It's uncomfortable, because I don't know how to feel about a young terrorist who who did try to do his own personal ye-had. Uh And I guess we could skip ahead to the ending a little bit. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I said, right. We're, ending, we're doing a good
0: job like, of not spoiling it, right? But, yeah. you know, there's...
1: But it ends yeah. on, like, a... Uh, a good note, which I didn't, uh, I I did see coming because I'm familiar with the directors, but I still didn't see that specific good note. I mean,
0: you're on the, if you're me and I'm not very familiar with the Dardan brothers, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a film of theirs. Um, I was very nervous right up until the very last second of the film, because it seems like something absolutely terrible is going to happen. Literally up until the last five seconds of a film and then it doesn't and then the movie just ends which like yeah I, and i see what you're saying about if if about their other films being about these ending on these grace notes and like if if that is the way that they do cinema and and i it makes a lot more sense to me but having just mm-hmm. seen it you know in kind of yeah. in a vacuum right i was just kind of like what <laughs> you know what like now it's over it. is this over now yeah. like what
1: it was the clunkier uh, of ones um uh i would if I, uh to go off on the Darden's a little bit uh the sun probably has the best ending of that way i'm a huge fan of uh la enfant uh fuck, they're just so fucking good I, uh, a lot of other films are on criterion channel uh this is where this is premiering i mentioned earlier they're the best to check out like i would i, I listed all there it's insane how many can film awards and all those it's all very well worth it they're the most like some of the most respected filmmakers and it's it's a shame that like they're hard to like track down like I, I only see them because i uh I still get Netflix DVDs this is the easiest way I did it yeah love them it's still worth checking out if you don't know them this movie is uh being promoted by cartoon right now
0: anyway so on that like very sophisticated note I think we can move on to the second much- movie this yeah. week uh 2010 directed by chris morris it's four lions why do we need a training camp anyway we're primed we don't need some tramp up a mountain telling us to set a fuse <laughs> what we're gonna do is got a blast in history echo through the ages blow something up what are we gonna blow up watch internet what Four Lions is a 2010 British film from Chris Morris. He's the, you know, genius satirist behind shows like The Day Today and Brass Eye, both of which were basically the British equivalent of The Daily Show, more or less. Um, and they're famous, you know, to this day for uh, puncturing moralist panics around things like drugs and pedophilia, as well as the general shallowness of, like, the news industry. And also it's where Steve Coogan invented Alan Partridge uh, on The Day Today, which is Hell cool. yeah hell yeah chris morris um so in a year that john stewart who is kind of like the american chris morris uh released this movie irresistible it's interesting to look at four lions which is morris's directorial debut feature film from 2010 right um it's uh, also a comedy like all of his work that he did on television. And it's also about the news, like all of his work he did on television. But it's, I would say it's infinitely more daring than anything Jon Stewart has ever done, uh, including Big Daddy. Um, it's uh, It follows four wannabe jihadis living in London as they try to become, quote-unquote, real terrorists. They go to a training camp in Pakistan. They uh, plan an attack. They recruit new members. And the film portrays them as total idiots who are always, like, doing fucking up, like, shooting missile launchers in the wrong direction, like, real slapstick stuff. But, like, in one memorable scene, this guy, uh, this kind of tells you the vibe of the whole movie. um, They're running across the field with a bunch of explosives, and one of them, like, fucks up and he explodes. And then everybody else has a huge argument about whether or not he counts as a martyr. Uh, who died in jihad because he killed a sheep also (laughs) like arguing about whether or not the sheep counts as being like a, like an, you know, an apostate like it. um, So that's kind of what the whole movie is like. Uh, I remember this film as being like really shocking and it was received with this kind of like, can you really make jokes about that kind of vibe. So I was like really surprised to look at it again and realize it was from 2010, which is like halfway through Barack Obama's first term in office. Like I had remembered this movie coming out in like 2006 or something. Right. But it was like, even at this point in 2010 to make a movie about a comedy about terrorists, like from the terrorist point of view, it was like very not done. Right. I'd say this movie is great. It's really funny. Um, it's not perfect. Of course, like any, like mostly improv or like partially improv movie, uh, a comedy movie, like some scenes go on too long and some of them like don't really start to begin with. Like they're just not, not super funny. Although I would think everything in the movie is like pretty well done. Uh, It's completely dedicated to its premise and takes its characters completely seriously, even when showing how ridiculous they are. And I think the movie actually does a really good job of showing that, um, crazy people with wacky ideas who don't exactly know what the fuck they're doing can also still do a lot of damage if they're interested in it. I mean, not to be too serious, but this is what we're seeing right now with this men's rights guy that killed all these people. Like he was a completely ridiculous figure. They made fun of him on the Colbert Report. He was always getting made fun of in the media and this guy murdered two two people and almost murdered a third person. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to do bad things like this. You just have to want to do bad things. Uh, Caleb, what, what did you think about this
1: movie? I love this movie. It's Chris Morris. He's like you said, he's a genius. I watched my DVD copy of this movie. This is like the, I don't know, 30th time I've seen this movie. I bought it on DVD back when it came out. I remember because I really wanted to see it again. After seeing it in theaters, I was like, holy shit. That's so fucking funny. I was high. I needed to see that shit again. So it's, I only mostly remember about, this movie. Yeah. I
0: should watch it again.
1: Yeah. Uh, regardless of what, what it's about and what, uh, the plot of the movie is uh it's a fucking joke fucking heavy movie it is so goddamn funny uh so remove all that and it's uh, still a fucking great movie but put that in there and it is electric man it gets so yeah. uh like all the dumb jokes that a lot of you know things are dumb it's a, a, a slapstick three stooges terrorist movie is basically a plot you can sum up the audacity just makes it the audacity make carries a lot of the movie on its weaker parts which is great like it's a pretty jumpy plot like it goes it's really just a collective set pieces of dumb they're dumb terrorists uh so blah blah blah. they're showing terrorists idiots uh but it doesn't really mock the act of terrorism it doesn't really it makes light of it which is a different thing uh but the act of terrorism itself is just it's they're they're dumb people who are actually doing it <laughs> which i it's a that's the fact of the situation that's the reality of the world uh it's really relevant to a lot of the dumb people who buy guns in america today a young uneducated men tend to be very uh irritable uh quarrelsome uh sloppy too in execution if especially in situations where they're driven by their own ego or machismo and that's what these young men are they're very strong manipulated men their idiocy yeah. falls in line with like an unthinking belief like they're just believe something it's fun in that regards it uh, i think when you talk, speak of why he would do this in the first place why would you make a comedy about terrorism it's to change the idea of a stereo stereotype like we were talking before about we we're talking before about uh that terrorism were just evil people in film uh and that's scary uh so this Changes that look—it's inviting you to make them think of less suave-looking, less put-together people. Uh, if terror is how they win, like inviting an audience to not be afraid of them is helping them not win. Uh, I think it leads to uh, the question of why it was controversial: is does it sympathize uh, the terrorists? Uh, it does. I would say it rounds out the characters, but that's as means as not to make like a smug movie. Like, look at these dumb idiots it's like it makes them human it uh it in and in, in, in fleshing out characters more uh, I, I mean it highlights that terrorism is a problem that there are people who are out there doing this
0: yeah i mean i think that this movie like it takes terrorists seriously it doesn't just portray them as evil like you're talking about i mean it doesn't get like super into their motivations exactly it just kind of makes them seem like people who it's it's almost like it's like a meme on the internet it's like they're gonna do like a like a what what, what, what like the ice bucket challenge or, or some shit you know it's like <laughs> it's just like a thing that they want to do is to be terrorists and i and i don't think that that's completely wrong about like a pretty large proportion of terrorists especially depending on when in history you're talking about like during the kind of early days of this like internet terrorism and like i think there actually kind of was a lot of that so that's you know Is it on their side? Like, I wouldn't say it's on their side. I mean, because I I think an an interesting question in a movie like this is, are you rooting for them to succeed? And I would say, no, I am not rooting for them to succeed. I'm rooting for them to decide not to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping for them to have a revelation where they decide not not to be terrorists, right? And I think that's sort of the tension that carries you through the movie is because they always seem about to not do it, you know, but then like, are they going to do it anyway? And I, th- I, again, I think that's true life. I think that's true life. I think yeah. a lot of terrorists are like, mm-hmm. they're not really sure about doing this thing. Like, do you really want to kill yourself? I mean, I don't know that anybody really wants to kill themselves. Like no matter what you believe about the afterlife and, you know, you're the, you know, the position mm-hmm. of jihad and blah, blah. I mean, it's like, you have to actually kill yourself and say goodbye to your family. And, yeah. Like, that's pretty fucked up and intense, you know? So that's you great. see that's them movie. wrestling with this and like mm-hmm. convincing each other that this is a good thing to do. And then sort of having doubts about it. And then, you know, going back and forth again, like I thought that was all great, you know, but I don't mm-hmm. think it makes you uh, want to watch them kill people. Do you know what I mean?
1: I a hundred percent agree with you. And that's a very, uh, hard line to walk. They got through it through writing through bigger jokes that balance that out. And through, uh, a, a early great performance from an actor who's risen uh, very oh much God. since then. Uh, Riz Amid uh, plays the lead terrorist here. Again, it's a very funny movie. He's the least bumbling of them, but he's also inept. He's the one who shoots the bazooka the wrong way. Right, oops. Yeah. But they balance out as he's the, the lead de facto leader of the three others, which are very more loopier characters. Uh, great characters in all their own rights. Uh, but they, Riz, that's the one they show his family. They show his son, his right. brother, he's his like wife. he's like the main character. Yeah, the family goes a long way to humanize this. And the entire film of just like, oh yeah, he interacts. He's like a, he's like an everybody loves Raymond Dad to with his kids. There's f- fun conversations he has with his kids that are great. Well, the fun uh, thing
0: they do with the family, like that, is like they are completely supportive and unquestioning yeah. of him becoming a terrorist. Like yeah. they, even his like little son and his wife they never have any objections and they're really rooting for him to succeed. And they just completely accept the premise that he wants to become a martyr and kill himself at doing terrorism. And I think that's like, but they also seem so level headed and smart. And so if you keep expecting them to say like, what are you doing? But instead, they're like,
1: the, the, "How can we make that, this
0: work?" You know,
1: in that way, like I mean, people believe in Christianity, like you all, know, like families are they believe, families believe in each other. That's why they're a, a great family. Uh, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's sweet the way they handle it. There's even like a sweet when he's about to go do his uh, the final jihad, jihad scene. Uh, it was a sweet goodbye he has. It's almost like that is better than any romantic comedy thing I've ever seen. He's just saying his goodbye to his wife because. He's got to go blow himself yeah, up and he this has to do it crazy. in
0: secret because the cops are there, but he has to do it like right that second. So he mm-hmm. runs up and says it to her like in code. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is, it's so sweet and it's so well done and it's so emotional really. And again, <laughs> uh, but you're right. Like I'm totally selling short. The fact that this is like a really funny comedy, like it's as much as it is a deep complex movie yeah. about terrorism and, and the, the news and all this stuff. Like it's also like hilarious. <laughs>
1: it's really yeah. Hilarious. Uh, they get a lot, it's just really good writing. They play on a lot of uh, the neuroses of doing your job, even like doing uh, something like a, a you're committed to, not fully committed to is hard. They play on that neuroses a lot. And that's uh, very fun. That's something we could recognize in ourselves. Uh, there's also yeah. that one need to like look good and look tough that they play on, of uh, characters. There are specifically, uh, uh, one character is a white man who converted to his love. And he's like a very tough, gruff, all talk guy. Right, what we're gonna do is go, call- Last in history, echo through the ages. Like
0: bomb a mosque. But they we're not bombing a mosque. You don't get it, do you, Omar? We radicalise the moderates, the Omar rises up, it all kicks off. No, I do get it. I tell you what it's like. It's like you're in a fight with someone, and they're punching you in the face, right? Right? And so what you go going to do is, you punch yourself in the face. Alright, so what if he's not... I'm having a fight with this fictionary man, right. and he's not punching me hard enough in the face to make me go mental and win?
1: But there's, uh, throughout this movie, it's a tremendous ba- balance of... Uh, it's not... It's shocking uh, uh, topic and just silly. There's just a, a absorbent of mouth. Like, uh, they organize their jihad through uh, the website Puffin Party. Puffin
0: Party? <laughs> Which is like Penguin Party, right? That was like a yeah. real game back then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole scene where it's like they've had a big fight and Riz, Riz's wife is like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, his puffin is red in the face and his puffin put a bag over his head he won't even talk to me (laughs) but it's like serious and it's like really funny (laughs) i was just gonna say the first scene in this movie is it's uh it stars who i thought when you said a young actor that has gotten to be so famous i thought you were gonna say was yeah
1: Kevon novak
0: yeah who is um one of the main
1: nando he's nando my man Nando the destroyer
0: yeah he's not a destroyer on the tv version of what we do in the shadows he's so good on that show (laughs) and in this movie he's just one of kind of the minor uh members of the crew but like the first scene is basically him recording the kind of video you've maybe seen a million times if you watch the news especially in the early 2000s like it's a you know he's sitting cross-legged in front of like a some kind of a flag and he's talking about like how the downfall of the the man yeah yeah and he's holding a a uh ak-47 except it's a toy ak-47 and it's like one-third the size of a real one
1: hey you don't believe in kafar bastards i'm gonna turn you no baby. no no what what's with the gun proper replica man it's too small man not too small brother big hands he plays the uh dumb one he's it's amazing he's so good not uh uh Kayvon novak i was so glad uh what was his show uh phone he had a phone jackers phone so yeah phone jacker. it was yeah. like a uh,
0: prank phone call
1: show i'm yeah. so glad like uh i love i think we've it's come up a lot of the show how much I love what we do in the shadows, uh, but everyone on that show is so fucking good and not Nando. Um, Kevin, Noah, like this is where I first noticed him, so I was super excited when that show came out because uh, he's a ridiculous. Character. And is that uh, if you ever heard his real voice, he sounds like the most suave, handsome, beautiful person. So in Nando, the Destroyer, and here he's doing like really ridiculous, cartoony voices for his characters. That's so funny. I mean, and he, he really does like,
0: in his, like, his um his, his headshot on IMDb, he looks like a like egyptian yes. movie star from 1960 yes. like it's so like fun black fun. and white he's got this mm-hmm. amazing part in his hair he does he looks like a suave beautiful person yeah
1: it honestly is insane to me that he's not more famous like i, I can't believe like everyone's like oh we want a piece of that let's hit him like he is like the cool i have a huge man crush on York. <laughs> I
0: mean, he's good he's so good yeah. i love nandor uh
1: and actually that too like uh another reason why i was super into seeing four lions is uh chris morris amazing uh Most of you know him, the first Renholm, uh, but Brass Eye, Chris mentioned. uh, Those are the fucking best things ever. Uh, He's a genius. Of course, he got some other great uh, British comedians to work on here. There's a great uh, Kevin Elder scene where the two snipers are arguing over if they shot a bear or a Uh, (laughs) Wookiee. Yeah. Uh, Go watch this movie. It's amazing. Uh, But also, not to talk about the cast, uh, behind the scenes, not only Chris Moore is here, but we have uh, Jesse Armstrong, who went on to make Succession. also, Simon Blackwell, in the loop, thick of it, Veep, he was right there with Amanda Iannucci doing all that. Uh, I was a huge fan of his new show, Breeders. Uh, so they got, uh, if you're a fan of Succession, look like, up uh, Jesse Armstrong's other stuff. He also did um, Peep Show, uh, which you hopefully have seen. Uh, but Jesse Armstrong was a uh, writer for Four Lions as well. It's a very important thing, that's I should say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great. It, it's a really great film. I, I really enjoyed watching it. It's, it's very smart. It's very funny. And I mean, like I was saying, it's hard to watch it and not think of like how much braver and smarter Chris Morris is than like any satirist mm-hmm. working in America. Mm-hmm. And like, what the fuck is he doing now? Like, why we need him, Chris I Morris? Know. What are you doing?
1: I know. Like, always, I always wonder what he's doing. I would like to uh, shout out Connor O'Malley if you're going to shout out like people do, comedy doing dangerous stuff who went to the Portland protests as was in the streets as guns were being shot. Shout out to Connor.
0: I mean, that's, that's true. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that he also
1: caught out most talk shows called them the real heroes that's the funniest thing i have see all year
0: yeah no that's great <laughs> that is great um do you have anything else you'd like to say about four
1: lions i think we could make a pick it's i'm surprised how easy this one was for me our actually best choice let's say
0: you it. had to pick one of these two movies or you're going to be murdered in a suicide bombing <laughs>
1: <laughs> that one wrote itself uh yeah. damn i would have to kill myself <laughs> oh no uh you'd have to do it you'd have to run okay um i, I love the Darden. you've heard i'm not gonna revisit all my guffawing over the Darden brothers uh but i am gonna pick chris morris because now you're gonna hear more of my guffawing over chris morris uh his movie four lions it's one of the best it's, it's super funny like again watching it this time uh which i've seen it countless times now uh i was just like damn it's so smart and funny and it does like yeah. It's not super funny all the time, but like even those ones you just come back to later on. Like oh, that is wonderful that this is in this movie. I would pick four lions. It's stripes for terrorists. uh Stripes, kind of. You kind of see that. Stripes for terrorists. Like, yeah, reveal, I see that. It is. And you're that. right. You're it's totally right. It is yeah. stripes for terrorists. Yeah. Uh, which is a great sell for a movie. <laughs> uh, it has a better end. I don't know. A better ending. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm picking ending. on stripes too much. Chris, what are you picking?
0: Oh you got to pick Four Lions Caleb am i right I mean come yeah. on it's hilarious it's smart it's brave I mean I love it it's Four Lions a really good movie I mean Young Ahmed it's very interesting film and I'm glad that I watched it from a certain way but you know I certainly had problems with it and if you want to talk about it just you know, I, I think uh, Four Lions is the rare movie that is both entertaining and educational, if you will. Like, it, I think you yeah. learn something about the world and about yourself and about your own mm-hmm. views while at the same time, like, dying laughing, which I think is so rare. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a classic. It's great.
1: It really is. Uh, it's weird how much it holds up and awful how much it holds up uh, and is relevant. Uh, but, you know, terrorism should be looked at in all manners.
0: Caleb, it should be looked at in all manners. You're definitely right. <laughs> You're definitely right. Uh, um, yeah. So that's the show for this week, I think, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm what done. a good time. I'm so sweaty. Are you sweaty, Caleb?
1: Uh, I'm in a well-air-conditioned room, so I'm doing great.
0: Oh, but I hate I'm you so much. Wine. I'm so mad and jealous.
1: I have to go refill my wine now that the show is over.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go to Is she asleep? Possibly. Who knows? We'll find out very soon. Yeah, bedroom
1: up Chris's bedroom apartment.
0: Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. you fucking douche. Uh, <laughs> you're like trying to ice the kicker, you fucking piece of garbage. <laughs>